Welcome to the Cricket's Sidecar, where we go a little further into a story of note with the person who wrote it. Hi, I'm Erica Brown, and I'm the editor of the Manchester Cricket, and this is Sidecar. We're sitting here today with Tom Shanley. It's actually Shanley. I'm going to Shanley. correct you right off the bat. But I love it because that's so New England, Shanley. So Shanley. It's, it's totally acceptable. Now, I have to say, I've been friends with your brother for years, yeah. since my early 20s. Yes. We used to run around and uh, all part of the same crew. So you were always the older brother, slightly older brother. <laughs> and the one who was like the hometown guy who went away to L.A. Yeah. and became a working, successful actor. Yeah, it kind of um, was my, uh, my focus and it, it sort of worked out. So. My first experience, sort of even knowing who you were, mm-hmm. was, and this is not your first break, or, or, though, or maybe it is. You were on Melrose Place. That wasn't my first break, but yeah, it was a, it was a nice little, little gig I had there on Melrose Place. I enjoyed that show. I think there's a whole generation of people, a whole certain type of person, because that was a massive show at the time. Yeah, it yeah. really was. It was well, I think it was like a number one show in its time slot. Well, it, it, it came on the, on the heels of 90210. 90210 was first, and this was sort of sister program to that. I don't even... I can't even say it was necessarily a spinoff. It was the same producer. It was. I believe Darren Starr uh-huh. did it. And um, anyway, so yeah. All right. Well, Tom, take me back to sort of the beginning really quickly, because obviously that was my first personal thing. I don't want to, imp- I don't want to impose my personal experience on you. So let's t- take us back for those who don't know you personally to your career. How did it all start for you? Professionally, well, I was I was going to school. I, I jumped around to a lot of different universities. For some reason, I decided that was sort of the best way to learn the craft of acting. I don't know that that's necessarily right or not, but uh, <laughs> that's what I chose to do. And I, so I was jumping around. I ended up in California, and um, I'd come back from studying in England for one semester. And I was at USC. And prior to that, I had been fortunate enough. A friend of mine knew an agent who came to see me in in a play, and I think I had some chops, you know, I think he liked um, uh, what he saw, but I think more so it was like I was sort of out in L.A. on a, on a shoestring, a wing and a prayer kind of a thing, and uh, I didn't have a car in Los Angeles, and I, my starving actor job was selling stereo equipment, hmm. uh, but I worked in a store that by bus was an hour and a half away, one way, because you took the local bus, so I would do that and then come back and work at the theater at night. And, and that was part of the story. And I think this guy said, yeah, this guy's not too bad, but geez, he really wants to do this. You know, he's really, uh, um, I choose to believe he liked the, uh, the attitude, so to speak. But anyway, I, I was at USC and he hadn't really sent me out. He just said, look, you need to keep studying, which he was right, and, and keep, keep at it. <clears throat> and um, it was a pilot season audition. Uh, pilot season audition time was around January, it's in January back then. And he said, I'm going to send you out on a couple things. And he, the third audition he sent me out on was a pilot for a TV show called The Yellow Rose, which was post-Dallas and Dynasty. Now, the nighttime soaps had kind of peaked at that point. And, uh, but this was about a working ranch in Texas. I remember and, it. Yeah? It was actually a big show. Yeah, well, it didn't, only one season worth of big, but it was... I think it was, it was, it had a lot of hopes and it had some really good actors yeah. tied to it. Well, we were, I was... It was very high profile. Yeah, exactly. And, and my, the role I was auditioning for was to play David Soul's son. Now, we look like father and son. And yes, I believe I had some chops, but I think that was a, a major, not the major factor, but it definitely, definitely helped. And we had Sam Elliott and Sybil Shepard, um 
Susan Anspach, who's passed, um, mm -hmm. Chuck Connors, mm. you know, some of the older folks out there might remember the Rifleman, Kenny Curtis from Gunsmoke, sure, uh, Noah sure. Berry, uh, Sybil Shepard, yeah. and the rookie, me. So it was a pretty extraordinary experience out of the gate for me. Listen, you and David Soul, you take it where you can get it, right? You, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good so for that you. Was kind of, that was my, my, my first gig, actually. That's amazing. Yeah, I was really lucky. That's you amazing know, because yeah. you, guess what? Many, you can, you can say, well, you know, I, I, I didn't have the chops. I went out there on a wing and a prayer. I didn't have a lot going. I was just doing millions and millions of people can say that yeah. honestly at this point, uh, in LA, but not millions of people actually are able to stick with it, stay through it and actually break through and actually makes get traction. And, and like you, you got to break. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, you got to be ready to, as they say, deliver be prepared for when that that happens because you never know when it's gonna happen I love so, it I yeah. love it what are some of the highlights that have happened that you were just particularly proud of or you just really like uh, that you've done over the years uh, I mean, love that theater it doesn't yeah. matter if it's theater or if it's or if it's something else you know okay I'll, I'll go give you give you two highlights for me personally I um, in in I had a really good run in the 80s and uh, I came off of, of Yellow Rose and did a couple things and um, and I auditioned for, and again, this is going to date me, but let's face it, I'm an older dude now. <laughs> um, but uh, I grew up watching a show called The Six Million Dollar Man. Of course. Okay? And Steve they were, Austin. Right? They were trying to bring it back. And it was Return of the Six Million Dollar Man and the Bionic Woman. And the story was, it was what they call a backdoor pilot. They were shooting it as a movie, but they wanted to relaunch the series with a new Bionic Man. And I was going to be Steve Austin's son, and I got this role. Now... As an actor in Los Angeles, you're playing it off like, eh, the $6 million man, come on, sure, I'll audition <laughs> for it. Deep down inside, you're going, come on, baby, <laughs> come on. Because, you know, it was, my, it was I grew up watching it. So I got a chance to, um, to play that character. It never got picked up for a pilot, but I, I got a chance to be bionic. And, I uh, love it. That's not bad, you know. That series, I have to say, that series was ahead of its time. It's certainly in its concept because yeah. guess what? Where do we live today? Exactly. Robotics, yeah. bionics, yeah. etc. Yeah. Did you ever meet Lee Majors? Did he ever come on set for any reason? I'm sure he did not, by the way. Lee Majors? Yeah. Wasn't he the original $6 million? He was, man? but he played my father. You're kidding. So yeah. he was and Lindsay in Wagner the reboot. was in it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't. Okay. Yeah, they they used it to launch. We're going to use it to launch my character, and they and uh, you know, and they were going to you know, kind of come back as guests. So yeah, we had a whole bar fights wow. and you know, slow motion throwing people and amazing. Uh, it was crazy. All right, yeah, crazy. I apologize. I didn't even appreciate. No, that's that. there. You that's go. Okay, so I thought good. that they were just sort of wholesale moving on, and yeah. and this was a new chapter. But there you go. Yeah. But now then, I got to go to the other end of the spectrum, okay. uh, spectrum for the for the artists out there. I, I, another highlight of my career is I, I got a chance to to play Mark. Mark Antony and Julius Caesar uh, with uh, the Los Angeles Shakespeare Festival. And we had mm -hmm. had a large earthquake in 1994. And downtown City Hall had been closed. And they were retrofitting it. And anyway, so the, uh, the artistic director, who's still there, Ben Donenberg, really progressive, really wants to do different mm -hmm. things. So we did Julius Caesar outside on the steps of City Hall uh, under these pillars you know, with the lights, and it's right by police headquarters. Yeah. And we did it in terms of wardrobe in sort of a modern setting, so people were carrying guns, N-16s, and you'd have these helicopters almost at the right time during the battle sequences, you know, because there were police helicopters going over there. But that was pretty thrilling. You're out there with a thousand people in front of you under these that's you know, amazing. mighty pillars of, of that. So it was, that's a highlight right there, for sure. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Helicopters and all, you didn't need to pay know, for them. we didn't have to pay special effects people. <laughs> exactly. It was great. 
I love that. So you're from Manchester. You're from mm. a town of 5,500 people. And I don't know if it was the same when you were growing up. I Is don't it know. Still Has it been, only it's still, yeah, it's still pretty stable. I mean, it, maybe it's a little more. I think honestly. it grew by 500. It was about 5,000. Exactly. <laughs> So what, I mean, you and I know you come back every year, and you come back every year around the same time. Yeah. Your family's still here. Yep. Your mother, I loved your mother. Your mother yeah, was a God lovely, she, lovely yeah, lady. Yeah, she was missed. Aerobics instructor. She's the most beautiful woman in uh, Manchester for years and years. I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm not, <laughs> not going to say you're wrong. Yeah, beautiful soul. And, uh, you know, and, um, you know, just kind of like a mainstay of this town and everything, you know, from volunteering to, you know, aerobics instructor. To, she did everything. So. She was. She was yeah. lovely. Yeah. And so you come from a town of 5,000 people in New England. You couldn't be more traditional, obviously, we're here. Um, and then you live in Los Angeles. You mm. live in Santa Monica. Yeah. You live in the opposite side of the world in many ways of the country. Why do you come back? It keep coming back. I mean, I know there's family, but, you yeah. know, you have friends. I, and It'll always be home, even though I've lived away from it many more years than I ever lived here. But yeah, it's, it's really a touchstone for, you know, kind of getting you know, your feet back on the ground, I guess, you know. Sure. It's not necessarily that much, you know, uh, it's weirder in LA, but it's not that much, <laughs> you know, say more sophisticated or anything like that. It's pretty much, well, you It's know, bigger, it's more spread out. Yeah, but Santa Monica lends itself though to a, a small town feel. Mm. There's a couple of different parts of Santa Monica. We live sort of on the Venice side, so we're, we're close to the beach and everything's walking distance. So it's definitely a small town feel. What is For it, sure. Cafe Gratitude? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love that place. Yeah, it's anyway. great. Cafe Gratitude. <laughs> anyway, so I know that you're very connected to Manchester, especially you're in social media. You're very active. Mm. You're very connected. I'm going to give my wife a lot of credit for that. She's yeah. the social media maven. So she's... Well, you tie in, and you're connected to your friends and sure, things of course. like that. Oh, yeah, and I, I know that your, your wife is very, like, she's a good, she's a... She's she, your gal. She's the secret. Well, she's yeah. Terms she's of secret to a lot of things, but she's certainly in terms of and, that. She's and really you know, supporting your your career. Yeah, yeah, and really she knows. And she's in the business too. It. Yeah. Uh, well, she's in a different business now, but she was a publicist for a long time. I mean, she still does in-house publicity for me, but uh, and a great job too. But but her expertise in the uh, in the social media world. I mean, she's on platforms I've never heard of. Yeah. So you know, so she keeps it. Uh, you know, and platforms was, I've never heard of either, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, she was certainly a catalyst for me being here. So That's fantastic. Yeah. Let's talk about what you're working on now because mm. it's I think I think it's very exciting. I mean, you're always working, which I think is really except what for a COVID, luxury. Uh, yeah, I mean, except yeah, for, I mean, yeah. how was COVID really quickly? It was brutal, you know, and still yeah. and still is. I mean, I, I you know, I haven't I got a couple things in the pipeline, but I haven't really worked since uh since COVID. Really, yeah. um, you know, this I did relatively shortly before we locked down but you know it's uh it's everybody's like in every business they're finding their their equilibrium there and i think i think we're back you know for the most part the the protocols are in place and most of the people in my industry are you know they're vaccined and you know there's so everybody's cooperative so and you did some things sort of during covid during lockdown that were sort of just fun independent things i'm sure it didn't feel fun you it was just you sort of keeping keeping busy but you did some things on social media that i thought were really great yeah we we played around you were having some fun with it yeah exactly staying yeah yeah keeping keeping it going well that's the nice thing about you know you've got a cell phones and editing software you can do a whole lot you know exactly privacy of your own home so exactly all right so you mentioned this you said the word this but we don't know what it is yet so why don't we talk about your latest project that you worked and you locked down you said just before covid hit 
So why don't you say what it is? Because I think it's really exciting. Okay. Well, the, the name of the film is called Charming the Hearts of Men, is the name of it. Kelsey Grammer and Anna Freel, Sean Astin are kind of the, the name Sean folks. Astin, wow, from yeah. Lord of the Rings. Correct. Did I read that Diane Ladd is in it, or am I mistaken? I think she she is actually she is. If yeah. She wasn't there when I was, but you're right. She's in the trailer actually. Yeah, so, she, yeah. uh, so that's another. I love her. Yeah, me too. Not me that too. that's relevant, but whatever. It's <laughs> <laughs> all relevant. But anyway, so it's a film. Why don't you tell me about it and what your role is in it? Well, the the, the film basically okay. The the underpinning of the film it takes place in 1964, and it was right about the time that the exact time that that the civil rights. Act was being debated and passed in Congress. Mm. And I didn't know this, but adding women or you cannot discriminate based on color, creed, or sex Mm -hmm. was not added really until toward the end. And some people speculate, although it's, I think it's been disproven, that it was sort of added as a poison pill to get some of the more liberal people to go, wait a minute, do I want to give my wife, you know what I mean, that kind of thing. I don't want to go that far. Yeah, now now supposedly that's been disproven from some archival research. Back then, I'm sure that entered a lot of people's minds. So it was was put into place uh, at the bill relatively toward the end. So the fictitious part of this film, that's kind of what what underpins it, and the uh, Anna Friel plays this wealthy woman, or so she thinks, daughter of a prominent judge who gallivants around the world and, and comes home because he passes away, only to find that she has no money. Mm. He, it was lost. She spent a lot of it. He lost it. Mm. And now she basically changes class in an afternoon. And she has to, you know, survive. So she has to learn to work and, and what she has to do to survive as a regular person. Along the way, she discovers how few rights women actually have. And mm. Kelsey Grammer plays the congressman who was uh, friends with the judge and takes a liking to her. There's a little, you know, um, uh, attraction there, um, certainly on his part. Mm. The story's more involved than this, but she helps him to see and be one of the, the prominent figures that pushes the bill through with women attached as a, you know, in equal, in equal rights. And, uh, you know, as I said, it's more involved in that because a lot of African, uh, African Americans in there and it's about, it, it deals with African American women too, who are lower of the lower class mm-hmm. and, you know, their hope and, you know, what can come out of not, not only that and, you know, and the, the interplay of the classes, which in the South, and it takes place in the South, is certainly, you know, there's a big divide. Sure. So it's, um, sure, especially it's then. There. Charming the hearts of men. Um, what was it like? I mean, well, here you go. What was your role? Oh, what, what well. Do, who do you play? I play Radford Lotz, a misogynist, <laughs> racist, henpecked banker. <laughs> Who and this is one of those just little side things. One of those this is show business you never know. I, I remember getting this audition that I had to tape myself, and I called my agent and said, this, "I'm not right for this part." Yeah, I mean, are you sure? Because I'll audition for anything. I just yeah. don't want to be an idiot. And sure. they said, "No, yeah." So I charactered the guy up, and I didn't hear for like two months. I figured it was gone, and they, they offered me the role. So I got to really play a, a character side of me. You know, just the physical appearance and all that is uh, is uh, is quite different. And uh, and, you know, I was basically the, the father's uh, financial advisor. And, and in the beginning, I, I tried to get Anna to, to see reason. She's got to come in and talk to me, and she disrespects me. So she only gets to do that once. So I, I proceed to uh, gleefully uh, tell her uh, that basically she's got, she's got nothing and uh, kind of help facilitate that whole 
I love oh. the name Radford. Radford Lotz. Oh, yeah, Radford. Rad- I was thinking it was Ratford. Oh, that would have been good. Too. I would have no, thought that Radford. was onomatopoetic. No, that would have been <laughs> I love it. It's a good name. That's yeah, fantastic. So. Well, I have to say, Deadline Hollywood, I read their mm. review. I mean, that's big stuff. They, they actually were very excited about this film. Yeah, they um, seem to. And it's going to have a limited release, but it's eight cities, I believe. Well, yeah, it could be. It was 10, eight or 10. I'm not sure. Yeah. And we so don't even know yet. In fact, okay. I, I, I reached out to the director today uh, just because I knew we were going to sit down. And she said, you know what? The distribution company is really frustrating me because they, they haven't let us know yet. Well, with COVID, it's yeah. a very, very weird time. I, yeah. I considered that to be actually quite good. Oh, it's very good. There's no um, question it's good. It's just with Especially yeah. with the restrictions on people going to movies. And people are right. just coming back now, although there is sort of an exuberance. I hope that comes through in the theaters. Well, they're back in, in Los Angeles, people are going to theaters. They're open. And yeah. We're doing it. So, yeah. Well, me too. you can't replace the experience yeah. of going to a theater and yeah. seeing a proper I know, movie. I know. It'll be great to do that and you're right it's a it's a rarer thing especially for an independent movie it's tougher to get a theatrical okay now i'm going to sort of bring up a little bit of a surprise that i heard and i want you to just sort of respond is it true Mm. that when you were graduating from manchester high school and you were doing your score project in the spring of your senior year you worked at the North Shore Music Theater, which everyone knows in Beverly. It's been near and dear to everybody's heart for yeah. a very, very long time. And you did your score project, which is the volunteer kind of, it's a professional kind it's of internship. Yeah, yeah, it's Profe- like an internship, internship exactly, yes, exactly, that you're assigned. And you chose to do it at the theater. Mm. And there was a play going on at the time, which I believe was Hamlet. It was. And tell me, tell everybody, who starred? Who was in that play and in that production oh, well, it was when a- you were so young? <sighs> A gentleman named Kelsey Grammer. I was, love that. <laughs> was playing Laertes um, in in that production of Hamlet when I was just a a little senior, you know, in the professional theater for my first time, carrying a spear. That's you know, amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you? I mean, how do you remember that? I mean, vividly. It was great because it was very. You know, it's a regional theater, one of the one of the better ones in the country, as I understand it. And and you know, you get you know these young actors, which Kelsey was a talented young actor from New York doing these plays, and they live here. So you know, it's a great spot to live. So you know, it wasn't just uh, everyone goes home to their apartments; they're staying in hotels. So we would all gather and singing beach afterwards, and fi- fires and barbecues. It was social, but the the production itself. Was a was a tremendous experience. It was tr- directed by a, a gentleman named Devrin Bookwalter, who we lost about twenty years ago, unfortunately. Mm. Who played Hamlet was was brilliant. Uh, Kelsey was brilliant. Um, and you know, uh, and as an apprentice, we were kind of there in every aspect of it. And you know, I got to help him choreograph because he was choreographing the fight sequences, and so I got to help him, you know, be kind of a body that he'd, that he'd swing at uh, Kelsey. And uh, yeah, he was a nice man. And, and, as you know, a high school, as a high school kid, that mm. must have been really special. That's really nice. That's wonderful that he sort of, you know, brought you in and 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 kind of yeah. I mean, I think you know involved you as a well. It's funny. I, I I think I know that now, but back then it was like, hey, I'm good at what I do. I'm, you know, I'll help you. I'll help <laughs> you. It. And from his point of view, he probably rolled his eyes and said, sure, we'll work out some stuff. They were they, they were great. They're very generous. I know, you know it is generous. People, it sounds generous actually. You know, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. now at that time, were you already pretty clear? You oh, knew yeah. what you wanted to do. Yeah. I you made that decision earlier. Yeah, yeah, I was about yeah. 16, I think I made yeah. that decision. So Now, have you? Uh, did you bring it up with him at oh, all? Oh, as soon as I saw him, I said, Hi, uh, Kelsey, Tom Shanley. I said, uh, you and I have a 40-year history. Want to hear it? And he said, what? You're kidding. And I brought, he, he remembered immediately. Um, he remembered immediately the, uh, 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 the, the show. And he said he had a, he had a great time that, that summer. He said, Devin, we, we talked about some of the cast and uh, the show. So it was, uh, it was great. It was uh, 
Yeah. Full circle, small business, all those cliches. I know it's a cliche, but let me tell you, it must be incredibly satisfying. And this must happen to him a lot. He's on, he's, he's deep into his career, a very successful, long career. Mm. Um, I love that he's still doing, uh, you know, movies that have sort of critical acclaim and that are small and pure, um, or smaller and pure, uh, with a good cast and a good product. Yeah. But, um, it must happen to him all the time, or maybe not, that you get the satisfaction of having closure, of, of having that amount of time, and having somebody who is also hung in the industry as long as you have, yeah. and to refine each other. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I mean, I think it's uh, maybe for me, obviously, but maybe particularly interesting for him for something that long ago. I mean, he was just another talented actor from New York. You know, it was pre-Cheers, it was pre-all that stuff, so it's... Uh, you know, pre you think Frasier. back to those days. What now? Pre Frasier. Pre Frasier, And yes. pre Cheers. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. must love Boston, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Boston's you know, he been good to him. Yeah, it anyway. has. Anyway. All right. Well, listen, Tom Shane Lee. Hey, thank there you. There you go. Um, thanks so much for sitting down. You're generous. We no, really enjoy been, seeing you. This has been great. Thanks for having me in here. This is a, this is a great thing you guys have going. And, uh, Happy to be a part of it. I can't wait to see Charming the Hearts of Men. It stars Kelsey Grammer and Anna Farrell mm-hmm. and Tom Shanley. Yeah, and it'll be on Amazon, too, around the same time. Oh, that's uh, fantastic. Prime, so be able to see it. All righty. See it both places, in the theater and yeah, then at home. Yeah, see it a couple home. times. Exactly. <laughs> it's important. It sounds important. I hope so. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidecar. To hear more Cape Ann stories like these... Subscribe to the Sidecar Podcast from thecricket.com on your favorite podcasting platform.